0: To another edition of the Forks Down Podcast, your one-stop shop for anything and everything surrounding the Seattle Mariners baseball team. My name is Rick Clark, and with me, as always, a very, very distant relative of cousin Jazz Chisholm of the Miami Marlins, Mister Bo Chisholm. Bo, how are you doing today,
1: Mister Clark? I'm I'm doing so well, doing so so well. How are you doing?
0: I I am doing well. Uh, I'm watching Mariners All Access as we uh, pop this up and, and record. Um, and they're talking about Tacoma right now. Um, the last episode we did, we talked about uh, Zach Deloche at the end of the, the episode, and he and Mike Ford have kind of been the focal point. Him and also Cade Marlowe of these uh, Mariners All nice. Access. So kind of kind of cool to watch. Um, you kind of you kind of called that a little bit last week. So, <laughs> before we get into everything, I want to take time to thank everyone again for coming back and listening to another episode of the Forks Down podcast. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. It's always good to have you. Um, it, it's good to have you within the Forks Down family. Um, and if you're a new time listener, welcome to the Forks Down family. You know, uh, Bo and I've uh, done this for forty episodes now. This is episode number four oh. So, um, you know, we're getting more comfortable. Um, we do have our off days just like everyone, but, um, you know, we're, we're trying to provide you guys with the best Mariners baseball coverage that we can from what we see, you know, with the team because we follow it just like you guys. We're big fans of the team. So, um, you know, thank you for being with us from episode one to episode 40. Or if this is your first episode, thank you for coming in for episode 40. And hopefully you're with us for episode 40 and beyond. So if you haven't already, go hit our social media up. We are on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Just search Forks Down Podcast. Um, you know, we usually try to post when we have new episodes come out. Um, you know, I like to think my wife and I are a little witty when it comes to making those posts. So hopefully you enjoy them as much as I like writing them. And then if you haven't already, go to your podcast listening app. Apple Music. Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and go hit like and subscribe. You'll get notified when we drop new episodes. You can set up, I know on Spotify, you can set up automatic downloads. Every time we drop it, it'll automatically download to your phone. Um, You know, so if you want to do that, if you like us that much, that's awesome. If you also like us, go hit up, you know, wherever you're listening at. Give us five stars. Again, it's not for our ego. It just helps drive us up the charts to get more attention, you know, more listens, more views. We want to get this, you know, out to the Forkstown fans, the Mariners fans that that don't know it yet, don't know about us. So with all that being said, Bo, we've got a very special episode today. Um, We are shooting in between the the Pirates and the Oakland series. Um, You know, Bo is going to be gone for Memorial Day, so we had to get an episode in. And, uh, so we're, we're hitting you with a little something different when we come back for Friday's episode. Um, I'm going to have a special guest with us, but we'll be gone, but I will, uh, we will recap not only the pirate series, but probably the Yankee series as well. You know, we'll, we'll do a double duty on that one. So right now we're bringing you a 25% of the way season recap so far, um, I, I think, though, we'll, you know, if we're going to do this recap, I think we need to start with probably the biggest strength of the Mariners currently, and I'm talking about their pitching staff.
1: Yeah, I mean, where else would you start with the Mariners right now? Um, <clears throat> I think uh, – and it's it only really got better, right? I feel like we – you know, when we recapped, when we started forks down, we recapped that the pitching was really the highlight of the 2022 season. And here we are a couple months in and yet again, it's another highlight. And, uh, we are adding on top of that. Right. Like, um, <clears throat> and I, uh, I think it's the fact that we also lost Robbie Ray and we're still kind of talking about the pitching still, you know, Robbie Ray had his obviously issues, but the fact that the pitching has still been so good is astonishing. Right. Mm-hmm. And like, um, I just uh, I think about you know Kirby has become really a star. I would say I think he's probably our close to our leading front runner for for All Star votes at this point. Um, Maybe Jared Kelenek can get a couple in there as well, Um, but uh, you know George Kirby looks like a star. Logan Gilbert continues to build continues to pitch solidly every single day. Um, I think that he should also garner some you know I would say All Star votes at some point. Luis Castillo has had a couple ups and downs here, but looks a little bit more back under control after his most recent um, Oakland A's start. And, uh, you know, I think the, if you want to pick the, the big surprise, right, is Bryce Miller. I think we didn't really anticipate Bryce Miller to be this good when he came up, but the fastball continues to play at the major league level. And um, I don't know. I was thinking about this, Rick. Do you, I was thinking about what other baseball teams, have had such good homegrown pitching talent, right? Like I'm trying to think of somebody that's even comparable to like what the Mariners have right now. And I know that like, there's a couple teams that I've had a couple guys here and there, but like, I feel like we're witnessing something special. I guess that's what I'm trying to say with the Mariners pitching staff right now.
0: Um, Yeah, I think we're certainly witnessing um, something special. Um, It's, you know, you kind of put me on the spot. Now I'm thinking about teams with homegrown pitching talent. Um, shoot, I can't think of much right now. Maybe, maybe Tampa Bay.
1: Tampa. Bay. You know
0: they've they've had a lot of success. Um, not not just starting pitching, but you know they kind of bring up these relievers and they get these guys in the. You know not not the greatest when they come to the Rays and or, you know, they are no names and they kind of, they do big things in Tampa Bay. I don't know. That's a, I was thinking about at one point, the
1: tie, I think the tigers, I think the tigers had, I think the tigers had, they brought up Justin Verlander and they brought up Max Scherzer at the same time. Like I, or like they were both there as young players Mm -hmm. at the same time. So that's kind of something I was thinking of, but like, these guys are also like incredibly young, right? Like, Max Scherzer kind of started his career and really got on the threshold a little bit later. Right. As it is. And like the fact that Kirby Miller mm-hmm. and Gilbert are, I think they're all under 25. I'm trying to remember how old Logan Gilbert is. Is just, uh, it's astonishing, man. It's awesome.
0: Yeah. He, he's, he's probably like 25 going on 52 <laughs> or something. He just, there's a reason they call him Walter in the, in the dugout, but, um, no, it, it's certainly, we're seeing something special. um, <laughs> it's just there's there's more pitching down in the minor leagues too you know brian Wu's sitting there waiting you know he might get his chance he might get traded who knows um but i mean that's just you it's funny because you you asked this question you always talked about before you know with before really jerry came in the rule of thirds with the mariners they'd have three great pitching prospects in the minor leagues And we expected always, like, only one of them to pan out, you know. At one time, it was Paxton, James Paxton, Danny Holson, and Tawan Walker. Rule of thirds happened there. I mean, James Paxton's having a pretty solid MLB career, but, um, you know, he's battled injuries. Walker Walker's really the only one that's done something of note, you know. He was an All-Star last year. Um, and then Danny Holson, you know, ended up going to the Cubs and hasn't ever sniffed the major league levels. So I don't know. It's just it's it's such a different tone now because they've brought up three pitchers. They got four, five, six, you know, three more pitchers down in the ma- the minor leagues waiting to come up and get some action. So
1: yeah, and I mean it does feel maybe a little good luckish too, right? And obviously we're only a couple months into the season, and hopefully Bryce Miller can continue to. Uh, continue to, <clears throat> to continue to go there but um i just uh it's been special to watch and i, I mean i made a bold bold comparison back at, early in the season of like molts of Smoltz, glavin and maddox right but like i'll be that guy right george kirby has gotten a lot of comparisons to um greg maddox recently right right wrong or indifferent maybe we're putting too much on him at that point but like i'm just saying we, were, we might be on like the precipice of something really big here with this pitching staff which is just uh it's exciting to watch and i know uh, i know like when any of these guys get in the bullpen they get they get their starts right like very excited to watch all these guys pitch right now and it's just uh, it's exciting to watch with the mariners
0: <laughs> yep yep certainly um you know, George Kirby's becoming that ace. I think he's going to get Cy Young votes this year. I predicted that at the start of the season. Luis Castillo got off to a heart start, kind of slowed down. He's looking better recently. His velocity's going up. Um, Gilbert's sitting about, as we shoot right now, about a 3.8 ERA. Um, but he's garnering attention because he's he's looking very great. Um, Bryce Miller is, you know, we we gush about him all the time. Um you know, Bryce Miller is just phenomenal. Has to be the front runner or rookie of the year. And Marco, for <laughs> how bad his ERA is, is four and one at this point. So 25 percent of the way of the season. You know, all our all our uh, starters that have started more than probably four or five games, um, they're sitting either five hundred or better. You know, on the season. So that's just really good to see. And I, I think we'd be very Remiss if we didn't just talk about, you know, starting pitching, but our relief pitching as well. Because relief pitching hasn't looked bad. And we, you know, the Mariners have not had Munoz at all this season so far.
1: No. Yeah, you're, yeah, no Munoz. And um, uh, this just goes back to, I mean, earlier before the season, right, we would just laugh at Jerry because he would just kind of collect these bags of relievers, it seemed like. We're just going to go get... Um, you know, we're just going to go get Taylor Sauceto. We're going to get Justin Topa and Trevor God, and hopefully they just pan out. Right. And it just seems like the Mariners have figured something out on the bullpen side of things. This is the really the third year running. That it seems like the bullpen has been, um, pretty competent and really good for the most part. And, um, there's continue to hold it down. Right. They have a team ERA of a three Oh seven right now. And when you talk about, um, wins above replacement war, what have you. Right. Um, they're second in the league, right? So they have the best bullpen right behind, right behind Baltimore right now. So, um, the bullpen, they off, I mean, the bullpen continues to, um, I think shine guys like Gabe Spire as well, stepping up and being that big lefty that you always wanted. Right. Um, they've, uh, they've really shined. I think Matt Brash still has a little bit of Matt Brash has a lot of, I would say, potential to be like a really big inning guy for us and i think it's i think it's coming along for him um the fastball's so good right and well the fastball i mean it was, hasn't been as good this year i think they've had some more luck against it but i'd say the fastball the slider is kind of where you know his two pitch mix that hopefully um kind of continues to hold down you know a spot for him in the bullpen and you know coupled with that um <clears throat> paul seawald has been a joy to watch this year paul Seawalt has been. Uh, really shoving as I would put it for the most part um, as a closer this year
0: yeah yeah and um, I, I think my favorite part to watch from the bullpen so far is you know you, you talk about these guys that Jerry kind of just brings in and you know we bring Bryce Miller up and he's doing well as a starter but we're bringing some of these guys up as injuries happen you know 110 um you you know, uh Justin Topa didn't start the year on the major league roster and they're helping this team out in the spots that they're put in. You know? Um it, it just it makes it so much easier when you don't really have to go into a game thinking, All right, the pitching's gonna be the problem here, you know. Pitching if they can lock down the pitching and then offense comes around, it's gonna be a dangerous team and, and you know, pitching I hope remains great. Not only twenty five percent into the season, but a hundred percent into the season as we're getting into September and hopefully October.
1: Absolutely, and you know, there's you've mentioned him, but there's still potential that Brian Wu, who I think is important to note, is on the same schedule, pitches on the same days as Marco Gonzalez, um, continues to look really special in Double uh, A. So there may be more, maybe more along the way.
0: Yeah, yeah. So we talk about the hitting or the pitching. We got to move on to the hitting. Um, I it's it's been at times an abatross, you know. Um, there's a there's we we said it a lot in the last few weeks of the podcast. There's just games where the pitching keeps, you know, the Mariners in the game, but the offense just can't come around.
1: They can't, uh, yeah, they just can't get the hits where they need them to. Um, <clears throat> you know, I think Julio's had some big spots in games and we're just kind of, we've kind of been waiting for Julio, I think to, to be, you know, the best version of himself that we know he can be. And it just hasn't <clears throat> quite been there. I think that we wanted to see him. He's had, you know, he's hit a number of home runs this season and stolen a number of bags and <clears throat> done relatively well and done well in the field. But, um, you know, just hasn't been to what we anticipate Julio to be right, right, wrong or indifferent. We kind of put those expectations on him and then we just haven't really seen it thus far. So, um, you know, it's hard to pinpoint kind of one area that we're really struggling on offense. Cause I think everybody's kind of had their ebbs and flows, but um, you know, we need Julio to kind of be, we need Julio to be the, you know, what did I say? The rod and lacuna or the, the leader on the, you know, that, that guy that leads off the game that really can kind of, Take it to the next step, get a big hit for you. And we've had moments, right? But um I just gotta I just gotta believe that Julio's gonna turn this around and kind of be that that driving force for us, I think that he was last year. Yeah, I mean
0: I, I wouldn't call it a sophomore slump. I mean, obviously you would, but like I, I don't think it's gonna continue the whole season. Um he's certainly got time to turn it around and and be every bit the Mariners leader offensively you know even kind of defensively because he's got a very good glove um you know just just very high expectations for julio going into year two and um i think there's been times that you could see it's kind of wearing on him swinging at pitches that he probably shouldn't but he wants to get something done you know he wants to we call it hero ball ball he wants to hit a home run hit that big elusive home run that it's gonna put the mariners up and that gets the best of him sometimes, but I think he's going to come around, especially in the last couple weeks. I've been very encouraged by some of the uh, balls he's been swinging out. He's been getting base hits. He's not necessarily been trying to kill the ball. You know, he's going the other way. He's, he's pulling the ball. Well, you know, he, he's got time to, I, I think we're going to really saw, see him start to break out, especially before the all-star break. So um, I don't know about you, Bo, but I, I, I think the best, player that we've seen offensively so far is Kelnick. I mean, Kelnick is it's kind of this year's kind of been the breakout of, of Jared Kelnick. The
1: the rise of Kelnick, yes, the uh the the day that we were all hoping for is kind of come, right? He's uh he's the middle of the lineup bat. He's uh he's the big bat that everybody said the Mariners was missing in the offseason and that we need to go get and he's been that, right? So He's just, uh, he's, I just can't say enough good things about, um, his ability, like his swing, how much his swing has changed and how much better he looks and more confident at the plate. Um, you know, if I was going to nitpick, it still seems like there's still some balls that I just kind of wonder why he's swinging at those outside of the strike zone. But like, if that's the nitpick, right. Then, you know, that's a, that's a pretty good nitpick for the most part. Right. A lot of guys are going to do that. So. Um, everything is just up for Jared right now, right? Like his, his, the way he's hitting fastballs, the way he's turning on them, taking advantage of them, Um, you know, expected, expecting batting average expected weight on base percentage is super high for him. Just means that he's still hitting the ball hard on top of that. Right. So like got a nice business page with all red there. Um, And uh, you know, that's, that's a couple of Mariners that actually have that. So He's just, uh, I kind of think back to my, Mike Kelnick highlight mate was probably maybe the 485 foot bomb in Chicago, right? 482. I can't remember exactly, but like, that was probably my highlight for Jared, where I kind of thought like, okay, I think this might, think this might be it. I think this might be, I think this might be real. And that's kind of probably the point that I jumped on with him. Cause it just, uh, it just seems really real at this point. And um, he's uh, swinging a good bat. I hope it continues.
0: Yep. Yep. He's going to be probably the first Mariner to, I think he's, yeah, he's the first Mariner to double digit home runs. He's got 10 already. Um, and we're 25% of the season. Honestly, I, I said it last episode. I don't know if I want to see him in the home run derby, but if we were to pick home run derby recipients, you think he's the one that makes, gets the call?
1: I would think so. I would think that he's probably the guy, um, before the season probably would have said maybe Tay Oscar had a shot of doing that, but like, I don't think they're going to want to put Julio in it um, as much as as much as I think they're going to have a hard time not putting him in it just because it is in Seattle. But um, yeah, Kelnick is probably the guy I would say most likely is the representative for that. Um, Does he make the all-star team? I don't know. He's still, he's very high on war list right now. Like, um, so there's still a good chance that he could make that. And, you know, with it being in Seattle and the Mariner fans, you know, voting heavily to try to get him in there. Um I would think that he's has got a pretty decent chance to make the team, but um hopefully he'll continue to on this trajectory forward and um you know and hopefully we don't have you know a lot of big bumps and bumps along the way, but everything looks positive for him right now yep yep yeah, yeah. um okay so i got I've got a player that
0: I think needs to be uh mentioned, but i'm gonna let you mention who you think offensively should get some recognition. Cause I know there's a big guy that we both have been um, gushing over you, you more so than me a little bit. I, I still think he's having a successful season, but um, you know, JP Crawford, man, like we can't ask for more out of him right now. Can we?
1: <laughs> no gold star for JP. Yeah. Gold star for JP. He's hit everywhere in the lineup. He's um, <clears throat> hit this year, you know, Early on in the season, he had some nice hits and some nice spots from the lower parts of the order. Um, As Julio has been going through what he's been going through, we've been able to fill um, JP at the top of the lineup. He's drawing walks. He's getting on bases. He's getting on base. He's coming up with timely home runs like he did most recently. Um, JP just absolutely gets a a gold star, as I would put it, for this season thus far. He's been uh, an unsung hero. Um, And I think on top of that, right, JP right now is hitting the ball almost harder than he has in his entire career. And, you know, I don't know what we can maybe attribute that to, but um, everything looks super solid for JP right now, right? His batting average and balls in play, his expected WOBA, like a lot of, there's a lot of like exciting things going on with JP right now, just given that his batted ball profile looks so good. And you couple that with some really nice defensive plays that he's made. And he's just been, He's just been, um, man, I can't, I don't know how quite to describe it, but he's just been the guy that I kind of helps felt has kind of kept the Mariners together a little bit. I feel like he's been the most consistent Mariner, maybe offensively. I'm trying to think maybe you got Jared, but like offensively, consistently JP has been pretty good this year. Defensively consistently, he's been pretty good this year and he's just, uh, yeah, man, I just can't say enough good things about JP to start the season.
0: Yeah. And, and the guy I was talking about, so, I mean, JP's obviously having a great season. I don't want to knock it. There's a reason that he uh, is in the leadoff spot right now. You know, he's doing stuff that, um, you know, we kind of expected from Julio, but he's hitting the ball. Well, um, my, my pick and, and he's my favorite player on the Mariners right now, big dumper Cal Raleigh, um, you know, his average is only sitting about 230 right now, but he's coming up with some big time home runs. He's seeing a lot of action behind the plate. And they started recently, um, you know, taking him. He, he needs some breaks. You know, they're getting Tom Murphy behind the plate. But instead of sitting him, he's seeing some time at DH. And I, I, I really think he's becoming a bat that um, the Mariners don't want to have sitting all the time. You know, he's going to get his at bats outside of being behind the dish, you know, and he's. He's really doing well. He's, I I think the biggest highlight he's had so far this season came in Boston at Fenway. Um, I, I, I think that what happened is a story just written for Disney movies. You know, his mom or his grandma lives. I think she, it was in Vermont and she went up to the game and it was a good choice that she went to the game at that point because Cal hit two home runs, did something that, never had happened before in Finway's 112 year history. He hit a home run from both sides of the plate and it was just, it was awesome to watch. And I, I can't say enough good things. I think you've mentioned before, Bo, especially, you know, talking about Cal Raleigh um, and, and other catchers, really um, 30 to 40 for a catcher is like 270 to you know, when it, in the grand scheme of things, hitting, um, and he's also playing phenomenal defense. Very, very good defensively. So, Cal Raleigh, you're my favorite player. Hats off to you. Continue. Hopefully, the phenomenal season you're having. Hopefully, he gets some All Star votes. You know, I don't know if he's going to make the All Star team at this point. They've got Jonah Heim in in Texas that's doing really well, and you know. They've got a couple other catchers. Jose Trevino is a really good defensively, not hitting as well. Um, Alejandro Kirk and Danny Jansen sitting up in Toronto. Another two that could get some all-star consideration, but I hope he gets some all-star votes.
1: Well, there's a uh, there's a certain catcher in uh, Baltimore who I'm a big fan of that I think might get um, quite a bit of votes. But um, also on top of that, Cal Raleigh I think should and deserves to get a couple All Star votes. Um, uh, I I really like your, your way you put the story there, and um, um, yeah, I'm happy for you that your best player is performing up to the way you the way you hoped. So um, I guess we're kind of gushing about the Mariners offense, surprisingly. Um, But I guess if I was to transition, um, Rick, a little bit here of like, what do you make of, um, I guess, outside of, I guess what I would say is some of the Mariners off season acquisitions. And I think most notably talking about Colton Wong and AJ Pollock, right? Like how are we, what's our pulse check on them? right? How are we feeling about them? Are, you know, I think they can be big contributors to this team, right? Maybe some other offensive assets that we could add, but it just seems like we're, we're having a hard time getting those guys going for the most part. I know cold Wong's picked up recently a little bit. I mean, he hasn't really been playing a whole lot, but like, what can we do? Or like, where do you think we're going to be going forward with these guys? I think as the season goes along, it's funny. You didn't name
0: drop Teoscar there. It- was there a reason you didn't name Drake? Well, I, I mean, I had
1: Tay Oscar. I had Tay Oscar there. Tay Oscar's looked a little bit better. I would kind of put Colton Wong and AJ Pollock in like a separate um I don't I almost want to say like a worse bucket than Tay Oscar. because AJ Pollock and AJ Pollock and Colton Wong just simply have been worse than Tay Oscar, so maybe that's why I brought them up first. But sure, if you want to include Tay Oscar in that, go for it. Yep. Um <laughs> uh,
0: okay, that's fair. I, I do think Tay Oscar's turning it around. So, um, you know, I, I think we have less to worry about with Tay Oscar. Um, he had a big home run Wednesday night against Oakland. Um, pretty pretty good shot. He's still striking out a touch too high. But um, I think we kind of expected that coming into the season. Um, moving on to, to Colton Wong and, and Pollock. Uh, I think Wong has probably lost his starting spot at this point. Um, I think Jose Caballero has come in and played a very great second base. Um, I could even say he's probably kind of pushed Dylan Moore out at this point. I think there's going to be a lot of uh, movement on Dylan Moore's part. We're going to see him kind of all over the place as he he being a super utility player. Um, I still think there is a spot in this team for Colton Wong. Um, you know, he's, he's starting to turn his hitting back around a little bit. Um, he's not, it's still under 200, but I think if you cut out kind of the start of the season, kind of like you did with Julio last season, when he started out terribly, you'd see that he's doing a little bit better. Um, at least since the start of May, um, AJ Polk's kind of a, a tough one though, because he had a down season with the White Sox. Um, came to the White Sox from the Dodgers where he had hit pretty well. And um, he just, he's been spending a lot of time in the DH and, and it's not been helping. And, you know, the Mariners have the 30th overall DH production, you know? So um, I kind of wonder if it makes sense to play him more in the field. Maybe that's his little bugaboo. I know they've mentioned it a couple times in the broadcast that he likes playing um in the field when he plays or you know when he bats and stuff he likes playing in the field so I, I i don't know if he's just got like that bugaboo coming in as a dh um he's certainly start to turn it around a little bit he's um you know he's he's certainly not been bad he's had times where you know like against the the angels he's come in and got two home runs he's had a co- couple home runs here and there and he's coming up with some some clutch base hits you know it's um, very dependent on if there's a lefty or righty on the mound, I think. Um, you know, when when a righty comes on the mound, they seem to pinch hit him um, for Trammell. And I think that could be a little bit of his bugaboo too, is, you know, not getting those opportunities against righties. But um, he's certainly a lot better than Tommy Westella. You know, when, Tom, when Tommy Westella got DFA'd, you know, we were, we were saying good riddance, but, um, you know, I, I think both these guys have a chance to turn it around as we go forward. you know, they're obviously it's a little too late to be an all-star consideration, especially with those two guys. But, um, I, I would, I would certainly pick a guy like AJ Pollock to kind of be like a bounce back candidate in the second half.
1: No, I like that. I was thinking, I was looking at AJ Pollock and, um, it's actually, maybe I haven't, Maybe I just haven't noticed too much, but AJ Pollock's actually struggled against lefties this this year, right? <clears throat> Which is odd considering what we brought him in for. So I think you're, I think that he has, he's a very good candidate for a comeback of sorts this year. Um, Colton Wong, um, I'm a little less certain on, and I think we've mentioned that right that the the, the likelihood that he's with the team. Um, come the trade deadline does seem like it drops maybe a little bit every week. Um, I do still think there's potential there. He did get a start the other day and looked, you know, relatively competent there. Um, the offenses look slightly better. So, you know, hopefully they just kind of bring him along slowly because he can just be a, he can be a major asset to the bottom of the order. Right. Um, and, uh, yeah. I don't know. I think, you know, with Colt Wong and the negative sides that have gone along with it. Yeah. Jose Caballero is really the, the a big positive that's kind of come out of this season thus far. So, um, you know, we can take that however you want. Right. But, uh, the fact that we maybe have gotten a good competent second baseman out of Jose Caballero of this whole Colton Wong thing, I guess is a positive in a weird way, but, um, yeah, I think it sucks just because we, you know, we anticipated a lot out of I think both these guys and even Teoscar to a certain standpoint, and Teoscar's you know picking it up. But I think we anticipated a lot more from Colton Wong. We just haven't gotten it thus far.
0: I guess the question to you would be: uh, Do you think you know hindsight's always twenty twenty? But you think the Mariners would have been better suited trying to get some guy, you know, someone like Gleiber instead of going with Colton Wong?
1: Um. Probably given how Glaber has played this year, Glaber has played relatively well this year, right? Like, um, yeah, I think Glaber would have been a, I think Glaber would have been a nice fit, right? I think Glaber would have been a a decent fit for what this team needs. And I think he was a good, um, how would they put it by low candidate in a certain way, right? And the Yankees, um, I think could have moved him and, I think they would have been none the better, but like, um, you know, Glaber's having a really good season thus far. So like, I do kind of wish maybe the mayor's would have put some more, um, effort behind that. Right. But, uh, you know, no, uh, no use crying over that. But, um, I think on the other side, Jesse Winker hasn't looked, um, Jesse Winker hasn't really looked, I would say awesome by any means. Right. So, um, maybe that's a little bit of a wash. So, Take that however you want, but um, you know, still hoping Colton Wong can get better and you know glad Caballero is uh um, you know excelling like he is. Yep, yeah, yep,
0: yeah, yep. Yeah.
1: Um <clears throat> I think overall
0: this offense is gonna pick it up. Um whether it be the next couple of weeks or in second half of the season. Um man, uh, I, I really want to see them decrease how many people they're leaving on base and what, you know, their, their team runners in scoring position average. And I really, really, you know, we've the last few weeks, um, especially we've been kind of keying in on how many times they grounded in a double play. And I, I really, really want to see that total go down. I mean, I know it's typical baseball to do a double play, but it just seems like this team is grounding into so many double plays every game. Even if it's just one, it's just like, Oh, it's another one.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. I, 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 have said it before. This is the episode. I've said it before in previous episodes. Once this offense gets rolling, it's gonna be a scary team. The Mariners don't have to worry about pitching. They don't have to worry about the bullpen as much. But once this offense comes around, this is gonna be a top three team in the American League.
1: No, fully agree, and I think you know as i'm looking at kind of wrapping up my summary here right um i think you're i think you're spot on with where this offense is going um i think the mariners they start think they started out the season hitting the ball a little softer right but i think they've gone along they continue to hit the ball pretty well and you know weighted on base percentage is kind of my gold star how i measure a lot of teams right now and when you look at expected weighted on base percentage which is basically basically measuring like you know, how hard you hit the ball, the location and the, you know, the launch angle and everything else that you hit the ball at, right. The Mariners are a top 10 team and expected weighted on-base percentage right now, right? Like that just means that, that just means that the Mariners offense hasn't performed to what their expected values are saying. And that just tells me that better days are ahead for this Mariners offense. So um, very much looking forward to the future and, uh, you know, next couple of weeks and hopefully we can kind of make our way back up those AOS standings.
0: <laughs> yeah, yep we're we're not out of it by a long shot, you know. Texas is only, you know, at this point when we're shooting five six games up, you know that's doable. That's it's a hill to climb, but it's certainly a hill that can be climbed. Has been climbed before. It's funny because we were playing Atlanta a couple weeks ago. At this point, like a week and a half or something, and I didn't realize that they had started last season twenty three and twenty seven you know, the first 40 games, 23 and 27, they ended up with 101 wins last season, starting 23 and 27. So it's certainly not, at least recently, that we've seen in baseball, it's not out of the realm for the Mariners to pick it up and win. I'm not going to say 100, but 90 games. That's not out of the realm of possibility still. So,
1: Absolutely. You know, I think. You know, 90 wins is going to be a, a tough hill to climb just given the, the level of competition and the balanced schedule this year and the playoffs themselves are going to be a tough hill to climb just given how well the AL East is playing. But um, I think there are some very positive signs for this Mariner team, I think, going into the summer and um, I think really heating up um, as, the, as the weather gets warmer here in the Seattle area, I think the Bears bats well too. So, um,
0: yeah, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. Anyways, that is it for episode number 40. Um, Like I said, when we come back on Friday, I'm going to have a special guest. We've talked to him about him a couple times on the podcast. Bo and I's friend Cody Essman will be joining us. Resident White Sox fan in our life. Gets to talk a little bit of Mariners baseball with me. And, uh, you know, next week after that, Bo will be back. Um, so while he is gone, we will have a pretty competent, I hope competent, I hope he's listening right now, competent person to come in and replace Bo for a, a day. So
1: what would he trade us for tip what, what, what I'm going to submit a question right now? What trade, what can we get for Tim Anderson? Submit it. There you go. There Ooh. you go. Submitted. There submitted.
0: You okay. You know what? I will I will write that down in my notes and I will be make I will make sure to ask him for like Friday's it. episode. Okay.
1: Like Sounds good.
0: So so we will we will do that. But anyways, like I said, that's that's episode number forty. Thank you for tuning into the podcast tonight. Bo, do you have anything else you want to touch on before we get out of here?
1: Uh I don't. Nope. I'll talk to you all in uh you know a little bit over a week. So um thank you all. Yep.
0: Yep, travel safe, Bo. Travel safe. So, for all our listeners in the Puget Sound Pacific Northwest and beyond, thank you for taking time to listen to another edition of the Forks Down Podcast. For Bo Chisholm, I'm Rick Clark, and now I will see you guys on Friday.